Before we start this week's show, a reminder that we have a Q&A special coming up. So if you have crime-related questions, or any others within reason, you can send them to heraldsun.com.au forward slash crime questions. Crime questions is just one word. Or you can email us at lifeandcrimes at news.com.au. Who knows? We might even know the answers. You only see things like that in films. That actually happened in the German club in St Kilda. This is a major crime squad cricket trip. Rules of the game are each game goes for half an hour and the home state wins by one run. And so he's standing there and up pops a little sergeant and asks if he's got any complaints to make about his troops. He pops up and, and apparently the crook says, I'm not talking to the so-and-so sergeant, to, you know, to a doll. I'm Andrew Rule. this is Life and Crimes, and this week we're back with Detective XOS, the man we met last week. G'day, Andrew. Hello, Detective. Welcome back. Now, Detective XOS, you've been exposed to many things in the job and outside the job. Um, Can you tell me the mysterious story of the little sergeant? Now, who was the little sergeant, or or what was the little sergeant, and which station was did he work at? We'll just say it's an inner suburban station. Right. Well, I call I refer to these some of these stories that no one can prove. Yeah. As a legendary tales. You do. Yeah, because this was basically passed down from policing generation to policing generation, and and one day at this particular station, uh, apparently someone locked up a very violent crook who talked to two or three of the coppers and gave them a good hiding. But this is when you worked around that area? I was around the area. Right. And you, and you, so these are your contemporaries? Well, apparently, yeah. Right. right. And so anyway, the crook was taken back and vigorously interviewed for a while and and uh, then he was brought up to the watch house counter and the allegation is that someone had a doll, a doll made up of a sergeant right. that had a lead head. A lead head on the doll. So, so this doll's what, a foot high? A foot high. You put your hand up at your hands around the lead head. I see. And you've got little shoes and, and a police uniform. Right. It's so, like a puppet. Yeah, it's a puppet. You put your hand up the back. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. Fingers around the lead head. Yeah, right. And you had a little hat on. Yeah. had the blue uniform with the boots. Yeah. So it's a very good story. It's very well done. They've gone to a lot of trouble with this story. Uh-huh. And so this crook, being a very good crook, yeah. stands there rather belligerently and everyone's looking worse for wear. I think he actually won. Oh. From the way the story goes, the, the yeah. three coppers had got the suitcases punched out of him. I see. And so he's standing there and up pops a little sergeant and asks if he's got any complaints to make about his troops. I see. And he says, well... Like, this is like Ron Blaskin and Jerry G. Yeah. It's like Jerry G. So he pops up and, and apparently the crook says, I'm not talking to the so-and-so sergeant, to, you know, to but, a doll. Yeah. And he's allegedly struck across one eyebrow with the sergeant's head butted him, the little is that, sergeant. Is that right? And opened him up a little bit. And anyway, he, he, he gets back up again. I'm not talking to a so-and-so doll. Right. And he was similarly chastised by the little sergeant. And this went on for some time until at the end of that discussion, it was, no, sergeant, your men have all been good. I was the bad one. I asked their forgiveness. And can I please go to the cell now? Which he was allowed to go. Is that right? And the little sergeant, did he preside at that, uh, or sorry, did he stay at that uh Police station for well, rumour has it that that station part of it was burnt down. Really, and the little sergeant perished. Perished in the flames. In the flames, and that's why it's been passed down from 
and everyone fondly remembers or thinks about that implanted memory, shall I say, because no one was actually there. It's just a very good story. Was there one investigator who was fond of the little sergeant and used to perhaps um, put his hand in? Uh, uh, yes, in, but, yeah. It was really his trick? It was, yeah, one in particular, yeah. Right. Is he in the job anymore? Uh, I don't think so. No, most of us are gone 30 years ago. Right. And it's only a story, so he wasn't even there. No, I see. Okay. Yeah. 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 The Major Crime Squad, you belong to it. Yes. It did have good days and bad days. It did. Okay. Now, I'm thinking a bad day might have been the time in St, uh, perhaps around St Kilda where you ran against a, not a man called Mad Max. There was a, a notorious yeah, crook called Mad Max. There was a, there was a dog. That was before I got to, um, that was when I was stationed at St Kilda. Right. And we pulled up outside the St Kilda Cafe, which was notorious for perhaps dealing drugs and... Those sort of things. And this this is last century. Oh, yes, again, 100 years ago. Yeah. The way my maths works. Yeah. And we pulled up outside the St Kilda Cafe, 7 a.m. on a Sunday morning. Yeah. And out walks this big strapping chap, like a big strapping chap. Yeah. Stands there with his arms folded, leaning back on the window, just staring at us. Right. So I said to my offsider... Pop out, as we did in the day, pop out and see what this go with this bloke is. So you would n- normally go up to a crook in the street and say, come here, mate, tip your pockets out, and they'd, most of them would search themselves and know the deal. Yeah. And so he goes up to this bloke and, here you going? And he tells him where to go. And just as he does this, he winds up. So I see him winding up. I come up, police in trouble before he even hit my offsider because he just nailed him. Yeah. So I come up urgent, it's Fitzroy Street, St Kilda. Police in trouble, which you know was the call for all troops anywhere yeah. to, to muster on down there, and I jump out, run around with my baton out. He he'd hit my offsider and had him on the ground and was kneeling over him and giving him a couple. And he was, as I say, he was a big boy. He was on something. Yeah. I come around and knocked him over, went to hit him. I actually hit him with the baton and it did absolutely nothing. Yeah. And then I started to started taking some of the the heat instead of the other bloke. Right. And he so he nailed me, had me down on the ground. We roll yeah. around. And I end up on top of him, but he's hitting me better than I'm hitting yeah, him. Yeah. He's winning. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he says, get him, Max. Oh, no. And I'm thinking, oh, no, don't tell me there's two of them. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I feel this fetid breath, oh. this stinky breath on my shoulder and a clamp on my, on my uniform jacket. Yeah. Thinking I was hoping it was someone's hand. Yeah. And then I turned and it's the muzzle of a German shepherd. Oh. Is Max. Max. So... But when you've only got the breath and you feel the pressure, the instant thing is the clinching of the yeah. muscles right. everywhere, thinking yeah. not only am I going to be belted up, I'm going to be Eaten interfered by a, with. a wolf. Yes, or sexually attacked while I'm incapacitated. Right. And anyway, the other copper comes around, sirens come from anywhere, everywhere. He belts me again. I fall off, and, and this is a good belting. This is, you know, your teeth knocked out, my lips split, yeah. nose broken, yeah. I had a cheekbone, and the other bloke was no better than me, the other copper. And this bloke ends up getting up, jogging backwards down Fitzroy Street with the, you know, hands bring it on motion. Yeah. So we get up, get into the van, head straight towards him. He runs towards the fence on the right-hand curb and then all of a sudden jumps out of the way and we go straight through the brick fence in the van, which was left teetering on the bridge. Yeah. We get out and we're doing like a comedy capers run. We're running with our batons out, yeah. wounded. He's still going backwards uh, at a better mate. pace. After <laughs> Max's mate. Yeah. And we don't know where, what happened to Max. And then another van pulls up, and it took about six coppers to get this bloke into the back of the van. Yeah. And again, Max, he yells out. Yeah. Max comes bolting through the crowd, jumps in the back of the van with him. You're kidding. So they go, what do you want to do? Let's close the bloody door. Yeah. Leave them to it. We've had enough. 
We took him back to the office. We ended up getting a dog handler in to get the dog out first. Where, where, a, dog, a police dog handler police or dog the council bloke? No, no, police dog handler. And has, has he got a lasso thing on no, a stick? No, yeah, or? but it didn't work all that well. No? We ended up fighting the bloody dog and he bit a couple of us. And, really? Yeah. And how did you subdue the dog? I can't remember. I didn't take much. I was pretty mortally wounded at that stage. You were <laughs> yeah. in a bit of trouble? I was talking like, Did it spoil your looks? No, it just added to them, really. Right, okay. Yeah. Uh, so then we get the bloke out and he's handcuffed. Yeah. Take him into the room. But the dog, the dog wasn't there. I don't know where the dog went. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't too worried about him. No. We get him in the room. Sergeant comes down, Senior Connie, and these are both very big blokes. What's the story? Jesus. And they look at us. What happened to you blokes? Yeah. And through broken teeth, we tell them and blood all over us. And he, we've got this bloke handcuffed to a desk. And the sergeant says, he comes out and he goes, I've been talking to him. He seems to have settled down pretty well. I said, oh, I wouldn't go taking the cuffs off. And he, anyway... They say, listen, we reckon he's pretty good. They take the cuffs off. And he's straight away into them. He decks the sergeant into the senior Connie. They grab a baton. The senior Connie swings the baton, actually hits the sergeant, and nearly breaks his arm. Yeah. And we're back into the fray again. Oh, so good. there's four of us. In the end, there was like eight of us to subdue him. Yeah. And then at, in the end, everyone is spent. And we're lying all over the floor. Like the two of us who started the deal, we've had it. Yeah. We're lying on the floor, I think, for four or five teeth missing between us. Oh, no. Um, the sergeant's wounded. I thought he had a broken arm. The senior Connie's not looking all that flash. And the other four all copped a whack. And this bloke has copped a pizzling like, and kept going. Just wouldn't stop. Now, the first thing that enters my head is who is he and where did he spring from? That he, he's come out of nowhere. And he you was didn't... a bloke from the bush, a very good country footballer. Right. And he was on the gear. He'd been oh. in a nightclub all night and, and been on the gear. He'd been charged at a regional football club a couple of weeks earlier. He's playing football. Apparently a cop has turned up and he's standing watching the game and he's just run off the ground, jumped the fence and knocked him out. Really? Mm. So he's had a bit of dash? Had an aversion to uh, coppers, yeah, I think. And which league would that be? Uh, Latrobe Valley. Oh, I see. Okay. Mm. And um, he might have learned his footy in, in some Yeah, very, apparently a very good footballer, yeah. And so good with dogs. Very good with dogs, yeah. So, so uh, you be, perhaps he should have got a job. When the Ambos turned up to trip. treat him, they've walked in and gone. Well, they swore more than anybody. They've looked at everyone and gone, "What the? It's happened here." Is that right? As we were all lying around the floor, so it took them longer to treat us than it did to treat the crook. And what, what happened in the end? What's the, the, the he got jailed? He got jailed. Yeah, he got jailed. Assault, police, resist assault arrest, police, yeah. etc. Uh, the Hamburger. serious assault. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And uh, he didn't get long enough. And we don't know what happened to Max. No, no, I never saw Max again. He didn't. He wasn't retired to the police stud. To... No, but if I ever went out with a woman with bad breath, put me straight off. I always thought back of Max, breathing Max. heavily over my shoulder. Right. So if someone didn't have permanent, you know, very good dental hygiene, I didn't go out with them. Is that right? Hmm. Now, Detective, the Major Crime Squad was um, very effective at fighting crime. Hmm. Also had a social side to, to it. Luckily, right? yes. Did you do interstate trips, which in the in last century, I think police used to do interstate trips at race carnival time so they could yeah. help their interstate colleagues, yep. pick up interstate crooks, all that sort of stuff. Swap intelligence. Extraditions. Extraditions, promote sort of social cohesion between rival forces. We had that nationally. They had a cricket tournament each year. Did they? Major Where? Crime Squad. Well, it was held in whatever state it was in. I think we did one in Tassie. We had one in Melbourne. We went to Perth this particular year. Did you? 
And what was the Perth trip? Well, that was my first one. So we boarded, I think, 7am after having a couple of beers in the departure lounge. Were you a keen cricketer or more a keen um, drinker? Thought I was, yeah, very keen sportsman in general. Yeah. So they said the cricket trip's on in Perth. Who wants to come? So I even bought runners for it. You did? And Good. I think I had a new tracksuit too. So Excellent. I was going to look the pack. Yeah. And we went over. What weight were you by this? At this stage, I was... You've gone from 69 at the I Academy. I was about 96 to 100. So I'd you've gone 69 to 96. Most you've of swapped. that muscle, yes. Yeah, muscle, right. Okay. And all that means, that you're thinking by putting on extra muscle, you're not going to get hit, but all that means is someone bigger than you then hits you more. I see. And harder. Okay, that's a lesson for life. Yes. Yeah, so. Now, um, don't put on too much muscle. So we flew over to Perth. We get met at the airport, by put the, onto a bus by the local detectives, uh, take a seat as blokes. you step over all the eskies in the, in the passageway. Yeah. They said, if you all grab a can, we do, crack it, welcome to Perth. This is a major crime squad cricket trip. Rules of the game are each game goes for half an hour and the home state wins by one run. I see. I thought, oh, that's novel. I wonder how they worked that out. Mm. Anyway, I said, well, can I get my bag out from underneath because I've got my new runners in it? And he looked at me rather silly and said, don't worry about it. You don't need it. We then drive straight to a sporting arena, off the fresh cans as we get off, and we played cricket for half an hour in the clothes we're in. And funny enough, the home state won by By one run. run. Oh, that is terrific. And then there was three days of celebration afterwards. You've worked with some interesting characters. Mm. Oh, I can remember uh, the late uh, Peter Spence. Champion fellow, yes. Champion fellow. And uh, another bloke, we'll call him Christopher. Christopher. Why not? Now, there was an occasion where, you, I think it was towards Christmas, was it? Well, where we you... had a couple of interstaters down for some and each, it was Christmas whenever an interstate A return bout. Yeah. So every time they turned up, the Christmas carols were on, and we had a couple of social drinks, right. which we obviously paid for. Yeah. Uh, and we ended up in a club in Instant Kilda again, funny enough. Yeah. It was a German club, I think. Yeah. And there's two of us and two rather well-lubricated interstaters. Right. And we sit down at a horseshoe booth. Yes. And while we're talking- A horseshoe-shaped booth. Booth. Yeah. Having a couple of uh, crownies, I think. Mm. And in walks this chap with a guitar- Mm. straddles the end of the U-shape, mm. sits there and begins playing his guitar. Right. And so how, were you impressed? Myself and Christopher look at him like, it's a go with this bloke. And, you know, we're in suits. The two interstaters are in suits. Christopher says to him... Now, Christopher was a bloke that sounded sort of harmless, but in fact... Very well. well he yeah, could, uh, could defend himself very well. And so Christopher turns to this chap and says, uh, hey, uh, hey, mate, what the uh, are you doing? And this bloke says... Uh, Playing the guitar. Oh, Christopher says, well, why don't you bloody go off and play it somewhere else? Oh. At which point this bloke turns it round, picks up by the neck of his guitar and belts it over Christopher's head, Did breaking he? his guitar on his head. Did he? You only see things like that in films. That actually happened in the German club in St Kilda. We're sitting there in shock. Yeah. Pretty, pretty good when it shocks us. And I sit there, look at him. He's got claret dripping down his face. And he calls this fellow a rather unsavoury name upends his crown lager and breaks that over his head. Over the guitarist's head. The guitarist's head. So he's a bit of a music critic, Christopher. Yes, and then yeah. and then Christopher renders first aid to him a couple of times. Right. Three or four times. Right. At which time I grab the interstaters and say, We're leaving. Might be time to uh, pull up stumps, gentlemen. And yeah. We were met halfway down Fitzroy Street by Christopher. I see. Yeah. And what did he say afterwards? He wasn't overly impressed. He wasn't? No. He couldn't believe it either. And neither could we. Uh, nothing. And then got the interstaters. They nothing. said, can we go back to our motel now? And was the guitarist in a fit state to keep playing or ended up in hospital? I don't know if that was the last gig, but 
I but assume he would have had another gig somewhere. He's obviously not shy. It's a tough life in um, showbiz. Well, you never know when you're going to get accosted either when you're out in the Terps. No, that's Doing true. the right thing. That's true. Looking after interstaters. Christopher, to my knowledge, uh, he knew how to put his punches together at, well, one sta- at one stage of his life. Oh, I think he still would. Still would? Yeah. He was going to hit me a few times. Luckily, I don't know why he didn't. Oh, right. <laughs> you, perhaps you talked <laughs> him out. We still talk about that now. <laughs> you talked him out of it? Yeah, no, 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 I don't know why. He just he must have had some kind th- kind thoughts toward me at the time. He's a, a generous spirit. He's a very good, generous uh, Detective, uh, you could tell us stories all day, but I don't think you're going to because, in fact, some of them are... XOS rated. Possibly a bit fruity, yeah. A bit fruity, and you don't really want to tell them in this venue all of those stories because out there in the world, mm. there are places where you might tell those uh, yeah. live and direct. Oh, you maybe do a sportsman's night or something where they might be less likely to take offence at, at certain some stories. Of the stories, yeah. And then you won't be pulling your punches. Yeah. And uh, have you ever thought of writing down your memoirs? Because I've, I've always found them very entertaining, chatting to you over the years. I have got a book written. You have? Yes. And, and what, got to find someone game enough to, to publish it. The uh, legal fraternity probably think it's not a great idea. Well, the good they? thing is about 30 years later, most of the people in it are dead. Or done a lot of jail time. aren't remembered very well. I see. Mm. So you never know. You live never in hope. Live in hope. I see. And you're no longer in the police force? No, no. Gave it away quite a while ago? Yeah, I got out in 1991 after the police shootings or just around the time of the police shootings inquiry. Uh, No big exit today, Detective. Uh, Thanks for coming in once more. Thank you, sir. Thanks for listening. Please comment or rate it on whatever platform you're using. And if you haven't done it already, please subscribe. Access a world of true crime podcasts on CrimeX Plus, where award-winning journalists take a deep dive into unsolved cases. Every week, we're waking up to a dead woman, a dead mother, sister, auntie, grandmother. It's not good enough. From the team that brought you The Teacher's Pet, Shadow of Doubt, and Dying Rose, unlock early, ad-free, and bonus content from brand new series and flagship shows such as I Catch Killers with Gary Jubilin. One was shot in the mouth, and I thought he was dead. Another one been shot with a shotgun and I got the overspray. Search for Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts to start digging deep into the world of true crime.